Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. Right now, I just want to take a moment to welcome everybody who's joining us online today. Can you put your hands together and thank them for being with us? We are so grateful. If you'd like to give something, you can always do that at activationchurch.com. And if you are ever in the area, we want you to stop by. And today's a special day because I'm not speaking. I get an opportunity to sit and listen and enjoy just like you. Uh, My friend, a guy that I have the opportunity and the privilege to pray with on a regular basis is here today. And I trust that he has a word from God specifically for this church. So would you do me a favor, stand to your feet, put your hands together and give an Activation Church welcome to Pastor Craig Sloan. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Let's give, stay on your feet just just a second. How many of you love Jesus? If you love Jesus, let him know today. Give him a big praise. Come on, shake off the turkey. Shake off the turkey. (laughs) How many know there's no turkeys in this house? (laughs) We're blessed. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. It's so good to be here, and I've got a word, and I know I've got limited time to release it, so I'm going to jump right in. It's good to see all your beautiful faces. You're looking good today, and I'm, I'm excited about what God's doing in this church. And, and uh, you know, Arm is a friend of mine. Pastor Arm is a close friend. I carry this church in my heart. I pray for this church. And got up early this morning and uh, was praying for you. It's good to see you guys. And uh, I've got some friends over here that came to visit today, and I've come and get to see them, and I've got others coming in the second service. So I want to jump right in. Um, let me just give you a little preface. How many of you were here last time I was here, which is almost uh, end of last year? I think it was the last service of uh, 2019. And uh, how many of you remember when I talked about things were go- you're going to go through a narrow place? God was going to change the wineskins. Right? You're going to go through the eye of the needle. How many believe this year we've gone through the eye of the needle? Tight, narrow place. Uh, but how many know God is, we're, we are victorious. And God is up to something. Turn to your neighbor and say, things are not as they appear. It's God's up to something. And so uh, if you know me, I, I think last time I was a little more composed. Today I'm not going to be quite as composed. I'm going to be, I'm going to talk a little bit faster, a little bit louder. And my, I have a desire and uh, God has brought me here to release something that's a prophetic word that I want to see manifested in you. So how many of you guys will get a little unruly with me? I know this, come on, you guys are the 930. We need to show up the 11 clock service and show them that we are louder, that we are better, that we are more punctual. Come on, that we are more faithful. How many can do that? And you can talk back to me, and you can, I want you to grab hold of it. I want you to release expectation, and uh, we'll go, it's going to be good. So, all right, let's go ahead and jump in. I want, my assignment this morning is, I want to talk about living under an open heaven. Living under an open heaven. And, and it's a word that God gave to me for you guys. And I want to explain what that means. It's not just a cliche. It's not just a spiritual statement. 
but it is a reality. You know, Isaiah chapter 64 says that, you know, it says, uh, rend the heavens, O God, and come down. Rend the heavens and come down. And, you know, there's a seal that is over many people that they cannot seem to get through. And it seems at time that the, times that the heavens are like brass. How many of you have ever felt like your prayers were not working? Come on, be honest. How many of you feel like that all the spiritual calisthenics that you're doing is not resulting in the breakthrough that you desire to see? Come on. And so I want to set this up. I want to tell you a story, that an encounter that I had about three years ago. It's almost three years ago. I was in a hotel in Alabama getting ready to minister at a conference and I was, I'm not an early bird. Uh, if I get up early, it's because God woke me up. Because, you know, early for me is like 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, 7.30, somewhere around there, because I stay up late. But I woke up at 4.44 in the morning. And I mean, you know, that's early. That's really early. And so when I woke up, it was 4.44, and I said, man, that's way too early. So I went back to sleep, and it was like I went back to sleep, and I fell asleep again, went into a deep sleep. And then I woke up, and it was 4.44 again. And I said, wait a minute. And so this is, I got to be having a dream. So I did it again, and it happened about four times, and every time I woke up, it was 4.44. So I went over to my cell phone and the, the clock in the hotel. I said, something's got to be wrong. And I said, no, it's 4.44. And so I texted I actually called my wife and said, I need to check. Is it really 444? Because we're on the same time. She said, it's 444. She was a little mad that I woke her up. But she said, it is 444. So I said, something's going on here. So I, I went down. They had an indoor pool in the hotel. I went and sat by the pool. And I began to pray and ask God. And I began to search on my phone. And what is 444? What does it mean? And I begin to find that it represents 444 is when there's an open heaven and there are angels that are ascending and descending. It's when heaven and earth are about to collide and God is about to do something he's never done before. That there's about to be a demonstration of his power like you've never seen. And so I thought that was interesting. And then I went to the church where I was ministering. It was a uh, conference and they were... They were uh, doing a celebration of a new facility that they had just moved in. It was a grand opening. I was the, the speaker. And I went in and began to share about the 444. And when I did, they went nuts. They started running around the room. They started shouting. They started, I mean, they went crazy. I said, what in the world? Why, what's so big? You know, I know this is good, but why are you guys so excited? And I found out that the building, the zone number on that building in Alabama, in Jasper, Alabama, 444 was actually the zone number of that building. And what God was saying is there's about to be an open heaven where the things that have been difficult are become easy. And you're going to see the breakthroughs that you've been contending for. So I went back home. And for, when I got home every day at 444, I would wake up wide awake. And I would go into my living room, and it's, it's not the house I'm in now. It's the house I used to live in on the other side of Dallas by Villarica. I went to a certain spot in that room, 
and there was a chair there and I would kneel and when I would kneel there as soon as I knelt down the power of God would begin to flow through me like electricity it was like somebody plugged me into a wall socket and I could not even get words out of my mouth I wanted to worship I wanted to pray but it was so overwhelming that I could not even say anything and for it lasted for two years and for two years miracles begin to break out everywhere I went I would go places and they would have intercessors in that church who were not flaky weird people but people that knew God who would come up at the end and they would say while you were preaching did you know that there was an angel standing behind you and they begin to describe this massive angel and they said his name is breakthrough and out of that encounter with the open heaven, everywhere I went, every nation, every church, I began to go. There was this thing that I was carrying that I did not carry before that they would begin to step into things that they had never stepped into before. How many want to get into that? And so when the heavens open up, everything changes. When God really shows up in his glory, in his power, in his magnificence, in his majesty, everything changes. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about what happens when the heavens open up and the portals and the gates of God's glory begin to be revealed. A portal, don't be scared of the word portal. The, the word portal is an entry point. It is a grand entrance. It's an access point to something. And when the heavens open up, you have access and there is an acceleration and things begin to change. And where, where you've had to contend and fight for breakthrough, it begins to become easy. Now, how many of you know this, that although God is omnipresent, he does not manifest himself everywhere the same way? How many know that? There are places in the earth where there are portals or there are gateways where there's easier access and breakthrough. Let me give you an example. In Genesis chapter 28, you don't have to turn there, Jacob comes to a place called Bethel, which we know means the house of God. How many believe this is the house of God? How many believe you are the house of God? Come on, I need y'all to talk to me this morning. He comes to Bethel and he sees a ladder from heaven to earth and he sees angels who are ascending and descending and God is standing at the top of the ladder and God tells him that his destiny, he tells him his destiny, his future and through that encounter it changes his life forever. And Jacob makes a statement. He said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. In fact, one translation says, how awesome is God in this place? I did not know it. How many know that God is awesome and God wants to reveal his awesomeness to you? This is none other, he says, this is none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven where God was standing at the top and the angels were ascending and descending. What is angels ascending and descending? It means that there are angels on assignment that when you speak and you declare God's word, they take the word of God or the prayers that you pray and the supplications and they begin to take them to heaven and then whatever you send up comes back down. How many of you want to see a time where you send up up something and it comes back down come on in this encounter I, I begin to go deeper in this encounter as I'm having this 444 encounter I see a vision it was like an open vision I saw the heavens that were closed up 
And I saw a, it was like really dark. And I saw a picture, it was like I was watching a movie. I saw a boy with a bow and arrow. And he began to shoot this arrow and he would shoot it up. And every time he would shoot it up, it would hit the ceiling and it would fall down. And he kept doing it over and over. And he was getting frustrated. He was getting angry. And I said, God, what is this? Who is this person? And he said, it is the church who has been praying and, and has been fasting and has been declaring. But they have not seen the breakthrough because the heavens have been shut up. And I said, God, what do I do? I need, this needs to be broken. And God said, I want you to shout, open heavens. And so at 4.44 in the morning, my kids are asleep. My wife is asleep. My neighbors are asleep. I began to shout, open heavens, as loud as I could with everything that was in me. And when I shouted, the heavens, it was like a movie, like Rambo. There was an explosion. There was this fire and these lights. And it was this massive explosion. And all of a sudden, the heavens opened. And I, it began to rain. Now, I'm in an open vision. It was like real rain. And so when I'm in this, I see the rain falling and I go up to touch the raindrops. And when I go up to touch the raindrops, as I get close, the raindrops inside the raindrops were faces of children. There were faces of mothers and dads and, and grandmas and grandpas. There was uh, cities that were prophetic words that had been spoken over cities and regions. And all of a sudden, God said, I am releasing the prayers that have been held up over cities and over regions. I'm tipping the prayer ball over. It's a tipping point in, your, in this moment where the things that have been prophesied about Dallas, the things that have been prophesied about Activation Church, the things that you have prayed for, that you have contended for, that you have prophesied and declared and believed for. He said, now there's an open heaven and those things are going to begin to come down and it's going to be the early and the last Rain together. Bethel becomes a special place. It becomes a holy place. It becomes a sanctified, set apart place. Jacob goes back to that place whenever he needs to encounter God. He did not know it when he got there, but later it was called the house of breakthrough. Turn to your neighbor and say, This is the house of breakthrough. He was running from his past. He was running from his dysfunctional family. And it says he happened upon the place. That word happened in the, in the Hebrew is the word pega. It means you don't know that you're in the place, but you're in the place. It isn't because, listen, I got a word for, for activation. I got a word for your life. In the midst of all the stuff that's going on in our nation, God has set us up. He has set you up. And I declare to you that God is in this place. He is in your life. He is in your home. He is in your family. He is in our nation. And God is about to do things that we have never seen before. Come on, give God a praise. Jacob falls asleep in that place because of his weariness and he falls asleep under the portal and God shows him his destiny and reveals his future. 
Another time we see it is the, in the house of Obed-Edom when the Ark of the Covenant was attempted to be brought into a nation and because they tried to bring it upon the shoulders of, peep, of, of, of an ox, they tried to carry it upon an ox, which represents man's ways, man's programs, man's ideas. And you know they failed. The guys die and they take the Ark of the Covenant and they take it to the house of Obed-Edom. And when they take it to the house of Obed-Edom, all of a sudden, everything in Obed-Edom's house begins to be blessed. The presence and the glory is in his house and there is open heaven. Listen, when the Lord wins the heavens, the heavens are open and there's a portal where there is increased angelic activity. Listen, there are angels in this room right now that have come to assist us to step into breakthrough, to step into healing, to step into deliverance, to see our entire family saved. They are here at our disposal. In fact, I declare you are not supposed to be fighting your battles. The angels are sent based on the words you speak to fight for you. How many know there are many, there are more with us than there are against us? God spoke to me, he said, most people think they are waiting on God, but he is actually waiting on us. We are not waiting on him. God is places like Bethel where he is waiting, like in my living room. And I believe he wants to do it in this house. God spoke to me and said, most people are behind regarding this third great awakening that I am releasing. He said, I want you to begin to intercede to help people catch up because they are still waiting on me, but I am really waiting on them. And there are places in this nation that God has opened up windows. And if you will just take me at my word and start acting like an awakening is here, then the awakening will be here. If you'll start acting like God will heal the sick, he will start healing the sick. It's time for people to be saved. It's time for them to run to the altars. If we will start believing it and start saying it and start making room for it. Come on, how many believe we need that? God said, I'm going to do it because there are open windows. There are open gates and there is a portal here. Listen, here's the question. How does God determine where he puts the windows? How does he determine which place is going to be an open heaven? Let me tell you the answer. Wherever there is a raw hunger, wherever there is the passionate burning ones who will contend and not settle for anything less, those that recognize that it's, things are not as though they appear, that we are actually surrounded by angelic army in this time, in this nation, those who would rather be the fire than sit by the fire and tell good little cute little stories. God is waiting for someone to act so he can do what he wants to do. Listen, I want to tell you this morning, you can have an open heaven. You can have a portal over your life. You can have a gate as small as it may be over you out of the secret place. And Isaiah says when this happens, when there is an open heaven, he said nations can be born in a day. Nations can be saved in a day. I believe that Dallas can be saved. I believe that America shall be saved. Come on, somebody. I believe that our nation is going to come under an open heaven like Brazil where there's a portal and massive harvest begins to take place in such a way that even the president declares that he needs Jesus and accepts him as his savior. 
What is an open heaven? It's like a man that's trying to get away from God and says, no matter where I went, I couldn't get away from the presence of God. So I finally gave up and got saved. Listen, when you come under an open heaven, the anointing of ease comes and signs and wonders start following you. Miracles start breaking out. People just start getting saved and added daily to the church. And what is rare becomes norm. It's a place where the supernatural becomes natural, where the, or, the, or, the extraordinary becomes ordinary. How many of you want that? It's a place wherever you decree under an open heaven, people start getting saved. People start getting healed. People start getting free from addiction and strongholds and yokes are broken off of entire families. It's like in one meeting, words of knowledge begin to be called out and people start getting healed. Somebody's toenail that had been broke starts growing in the meeting. People start losing weight in the meeting. They start screaming. Bats begin to pop and ears begin to open and eyes begin to open and entire cities come under the manifest, manifested presence of God. I believe that God wants that for this house. I believe that there's such a presence that he's about to release over you, such an open heaven over you that you're just going to walk in. People, when they drive up on the property, they're going to encounter the power of the Holy Spirit and they're going to start getting saved even before they walk through the door. People are going to get healed before they even get here. Come on, somebody. I believe that God wants to release. The heavens were shut up like brass. They were doing all the right stuff, but nothing was happening. They were praying. They were worshiping. They were contending, and nothing was happening. Then all of a sudden, the heavens were open, and the supernatural becomes natural, and stuff just starts happening. There's a church in Indiana called White Horse. I met the pastor. He, he pastored a church of less than 100 people for about 12 or 13 years. And he was getting frustrated. He was getting tired. And then they just kept contending. They just kept believing. And an open heaven came over his church. And in one year, it went from 80 to 100 people to running over 1,000. Today, there are over 6,000 people that go to that church. They had, it, 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 because there was an open heaven. Somebody said, I'm going to contend. Until I see it. How many of you guys want that here? It's not because of how spiritual we are. It's not because of all the spiritual calisthenics. What happens is the heavens are open. And when the heavens are open, God just shows up in unusual ways. There's a hovering presence of God. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for an open heaven. Come on, not just the type that's open when we have praise and worship, preaching, and a few people get touched, and the service is over, and we go home. How many of you are tired of that? There's got to be more. Come on. I'm talking about when the heavens open and stay open for an extended time. For five years in Pensacola, the heavens stay open. What happened? The heavens were open in Toronto. The heavens were open in Wales. The heavens were open. Smith Wigglesworth lived on an open heaven where he could be walking down the street and he could look at somebody and the presence of God was so hovering over his life that when he looked at them, they would fall to their knees and repent and get saved. I want to see that open heaven. I want to see the open heaven that took place at Azusa Street where I was just about three weeks ago where there was a hovering presence of God that people began to get healed just because a little black man knew how to touch God with his prayers. 
I wonder who's going to contend for what God wants to do. God is, y'all are saying this is a 930 service. Come come on, y'all. God is waiting for somebody to believe him when he says an awakening is not coming. It is here because I'm ready to hover somewhere. And when the heavens open up, you begin to step into a supernatural life. You begin to have victory every day. Real quickly, I'm going to give you four or five places in the Bible. I've got 10 minutes that talks about the hovering presence of God. That word hover means to, is the word brew. It means to hover over. It is a reproductive term that means to bring forth, to reproduce. It is a reproductive term. I can do this in 10 minutes. Some of y'all don't think I can. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 is the first place. It says the spirit was hovering over the earth. It was total babohum is the word in the Hebrew. Total chaos. Total darkness. And when Jesus said, let there be the spirit that was hovering, took the words of Jesus that he was saying and began to create the worlds that we live in. The same word was used when Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90 and she was barren. She could not have children. She was barren and past the age. But the Spirit of God hovered over her and Abraham and the gates opened and God came and renewed their youth. Their bodies were renewed. In fact, the the presence was so strong. It wasn't long after this that a king saw Sarah who was 90 and said she is is fine. I want her for my wife. I'm going to steal her from Abraham. I mean, no, that's a miracle. Sarah dies and Abraham gets remarried and has six more kids. How? The spirit of God was hovering. God took them back in time. They became young again. How many of you would like to be renewed in your youth? Come on. How many of you take that blessing? In the New Testament, the word is used three times. First, the first time is when Mary was visited by an angel. And the Lord said, you are going to have a child and he will be the son of God. He will be a man you will. In man you will dwell. And she said, how can this be? How can this happen? I'm a virgin. I don't even know a man. I'm not even married. And the angel said, this is how it's going to happen. The spirit of God is going to come and the heavens are going to be opened up over you. And he's just going to come and surround you. And while you're in that presence, the power is going to be released and you're going to conceive a Christ child. Emmanuel, in man you dwell. Another place it's used is, is on the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus, Moses, and Elijah met. Peter's watching And there's such a portal that Moses and Elijah come and have a little chat with Jesus. And in Luke's version of the account, it says that when Jesus came off the mountain, his clothes were gleaming with flashes of lightning. The glory of God was so permeated that when he stepped out of the cloud, his clothing was shooting bolts of lightning. It's no wonder that Peter said, let us build three tabernacles and stay here. This is awesome. Luke goes on to say that when Jesus stepped off the mountain and came down, there were people there. It says they looked at him and it says they were amazed because he was still glowing. Listen, it's easy to glow in church on Sunday morning, but what if we glowed out there 24-7 when we walked into Walmart, when we walked into a job, when we go into the restaurant? What if there was a glory and a presence that was so emeating from you that every person around you said, 
that God is in this place and he is awesome. Another time this word is used is in the New Testament. It's found in Acts chapter 5. It says when Peter was ministering, God was doing signs and wonders. Things were beginning to explode and the meeting gets so big they can't house it anymore. So it spills out into the streets. And it says that they would, they would line up people on the streets that were sick so that when Peter walked by, his shadow would overshadow them and they would be healed. Listen, it wasn't his shadow that was healing anybody. It was the Spirit of God that was hovering over his life. He was living under an open heaven. The same word, it says the Spirit of God was there. The heavens were open and Peter was ministering under the power of God. The power of God was all around him. He didn't have to touch them. They just came into the radiance. Do you have enough God in you that when people get close to you, they can feel him? Come on. Well, some of you say, well, I didn't feel God in church today. Well, it's probably because you didn't bring him. Because I'm telling you, that I wish I had more time. God is changing the day where we have to depend upon a praise and worship team or a preacher with a microphone to determine how much God we can have. He's ready for the church to become the church and to be so filled in their prayer closet that when you come to the house of God, it's a bunch of Holy Ghosts getting together as one and it's an explosion of power and glory. The same word is used there. It was hovering. Miracles began to happen. Nobody had to touch them. They just stepped into a portal. Let me give you one more reference. There's a gate in Acts chapter 3. It was a physical gate, but the Lord was wanting it to represent a spiritual gate. It's a story in Acts chapter 3 of a lame man who had been lame for birth, from birth for 40-something. He was 40 years old, and he had been sitting there for 40 years. Did you know that the number 40 is the number of breakthrough? Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. It comes out in the power of the Spirit. This, this, this man had sat by this gate every day since he was a child. It was a very prominent place near the temple. People had passed him often. There were three feasts a year. Well, I don't have time to go into that. But there were three feasts a year. And every day he would sit at this gate beautiful and people would walk by him. Now watch this. The word beautiful here does not mean beautiful in the sense of pretty. It means beauty in the sense of circumstantial beauty. The Greek word here, it means the right time. It is literally the right time gate. It's where we get our Spanish word hora, which means hour. And it's a word about time. It means, watch this, when all the circumstances and the events and all the people, it's when everything that needs to happen comes together at the right time. It's a beautiful thing. It's not a physical beauty. It's not a circumstantial beauty. It means everything is coming together at the right time. And I want to prophesy to you in this year where it seems like, oh, all chaos is happening. Everything could go wrong that can go wrong is going wrong. I want to declare to you that everything is coming together. God is working all things together. How do you know he's working all things together? Because it says he works all things together for your good. And if it's not good right now, it means he's not finished. He's working it together. And he's about to display his beauty. 
The Lord himself must, I've got two minutes, i got to hurry. The Lord himself must have walked by this gate, this guy, hundreds, hundreds of times. But God was saving this miracle. Randy, you can go ahead and come up. He was saving this miracle for the right time. In his sovereign ability, he made sure that decades, to keep your attention on me, I'm, going, I'm about to tie this thing up. He made sure that decades and generations before that this gate is named appropriately. He says, Gabriel, make sure that gate is called the right time gate. And then I want you to make sure you get this kid to the gate and make sure that he's there every day for 40 years. Angels get him to the right gate because there's coming a time in Acts chapter 2 that the heavens are going to be open and the Spirit of God is going to come like wind and fire and power and there's going to be a miracle that will be unprecedented. Now watch this. A guy who had never walked, he's been lame from his birth. His legs are shriveled up. It wasn't just a healing, it was a creative miracle. From the time that Peter reaches his hand and says, silver nor gold I do not have, but what I have to, I give to you, he pulls him through that gate. And from the time he touched his hand to the time he stood on his feet, his bones begin to straighten up. He, he, listen, he had to have had muscles in his legs to be able to walk. And since he had never walked, there were no muscles. So something had to happen in his body and something had to happen in his mind so that he would not have to learn to walk like a baby. The Bible says he shot up and he went running, leaping and praising God. And it says, and the whole city was turned upside down go ahead and stand to your feet but keep your attention on me I believe the father is saying is there anybody in activation church that realizes it's the right time moment there's a gate open in the spirit listen Peter says now I know why we didn't heal this guy before we walked by this guy many times he said God wants to do it right now because he saved this miracle for the right time to awaken a nation he said, there's somebody that discerns there's an open heaven, there's a portal, and pulls this guy through. And when Peter pulls him through, 5,000 people come to Jesus. And the momentum just keeps building and building. The religious leaders said, if we don't do something to stop this, they're going to take over because they've turned the world upside down. Now here's my challenge to you this morning. Either we serve the same God and he is who he says he is well i'm gonna go do something else because this we're just wasting our time now i'm not worried about having to do that because god is a god that still creates hands and he still creates eyeballs and he still creates toenails and heals paralysis and causes cancer to come out of the body and brings such conviction that drunks and addicts who are foul-mouthed, abusive and violent say, I cannot get away from the presence of God. Everywhere I go, he follows me. Can he do it again? Come on. Come on, that's my question. Can he do it again? Do you think that the Lord just wants us to find an open heaven for a couple of hours and go home? 
and then let all this stuff outside these four walls keep happening. Babies keep dying. Families keep falling apart. Teenagers keep cutting themselves. People, st- the suicide rate is taking off. Marriages are broken and falling apart. Come on. God is not willing that any should perish. How many of you are ready to step into an open heaven? If somebody would just believe. God said, I want to open the heavens over this church. I want to challenge you today that we've got to start thinking differently. We've got to start believing that the awakening is here. What will you say, well, how do, what do I do? You've got to get out of it. You have to get out of being normal. You have to step out of just being a casual Christian. Let me tell you what a casual Christian is going to do. It's going to send our nation to hell. That's right. If the church does not wake up and be the church, then we will see this world get darker and darker. But I've got good news tonight, this morning. God says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Hold your hands out. I release over you right now an open heaven in your personal life and in this church. I pray right now that the Holy Spirit would fall upon your life. I pray that the fire of God would fall upon your life. I pray that you that have never prayed a passionate prayer will begin to pursue Him passionately. You'll begin to worship Him passionately. You'll begin to get in the Word passionately. You'll begin to have a relationship with Him and begin to know Him in a way that you've never known Him before. They that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits.